Hi, John Kuzma from EndzoneBlog.com's Across the Middle Show. Thank you guys for listening. We got a lot of great uh, NFL news that's going to be coming at you uh, over the course of this podcast. Like I said, thank you guys for listening, and let's get right to the breakdown. The very first topic we have up is the Baltimore Ravens secondary. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the Baltimore Ravens at all, but uh, they have a very good thing going in their secondary. You know, Eric Weddle led this team. Um, He went to the Pro Bowl last year. Very, very good player. Six interceptions all by himself. Remember, uh, used to be a charger. Signs with the Baltimore Ravens kind of resurrects his career because his last few years in um, at the time they were in San Diego. Uh, but his last few years with the Chargers, Eric Weddle was kind of starting to fall off a little bit. He goes to Baltimore. Um, it's pretty clear that he's still a very effective player back there in the secondary. Knows how to uh, read uh, the quarterback break on routes, uh, intercept uh, passes. Uh, Not only that, you know, I I think he forced a couple turnovers too, um, maybe even scored a defensive touchdown. So definitely uh, a huge signing for the Baltimore Ravens. And they don't just got him, you know, they got Brandon Carr too. I think he went for like four interceptions last year after like uh, all those years with the Chiefs and the, the Cowboys. Um, so not only do they have Brandon Carr, they have Jimmy Smith, uh, they have Marlon Humphrey, who is going to be someone who's on the come up, uh, the former Alabama corner. Um, I think they still got Ladarius Webb, uh, in the secondary too. So as far as, um, options go, they have, you know, like five or six players, you know, even more than that, they got Tony Jefferson too. So this secondary is loaded. Um, and that's why they had more interceptions than in anybody last year. Um, obviously, a big part of that success is the pass rush up front. You got guys like uh, um, Terrell Suggs and Judon um, who get after it and uh, put pressure on the quarterback, cause some ill-advised throws. But um, Weddle and company, they're making the most of those opportunities. They're converting those chances into takeaways. And if you're not a talented squad, you're going to squander those uh, those opportunities. But clearly the Baltimore Ravens are. They have terrific ball skills. Um, like I said, they're ball hawks. And by being able to jump those routes and actually finish them, because so many times we see players in the NFL jump a route and then they don't have the hands to finish the play. These guys, when the ball comes near them, they pick it off. And like I said, uh, they got they got potential as far as going the other way and punching it in for six points too. So you have to like the Baltimore Ravens defense a lot. Remember they were on the bubble last year at the end of the year, a nine win team. You know, with all the additions they made this offseason, the addition of Crabtree, they went and got out uh, one of the the CFL's best receivers. Um, I think they got Willie Sneed too. So they they made a lot of uh, upgrades, and they're hoping that all these uh, acquisitions are gonna help yield some better results as the season unfolds. You know, keep in mind they also have Lamar Jackson waiting in the wings too. So 
there's a lot of good things going on there, and maybe something will come out of it. I do believe they're a better team than they were a season ago. So, like I said, they won nine games last year. We could be looking at, uh, I forget we could, we are looking at a potential playoff caliber team. And uh, we'll see. You know, they have to uh, maintain a, a high level of output and cut down on mistakes. Harbaugh's going to have to lead those guys and get the most out of everybody. You know, it's still going to take some some luck and some skill, you know. Uh, people have to stay healthy. You know, that's always a challenge in the NFL because people get banged up so quickly. So we'll see. But um, you have to like the direction they're trending in. So that's so huge. Um, the next topic up we have today is the arms race. You know, Buffalo and New York already have their quarterbacks of the future. That's going to give them an advantage later on. So, you know, Tom Brady's time, you know, as the king of the NFL and the best quarterback in the AFC East is starting to wind down. Um, we know that, you know, Father Time's undefeated. Uh, eventually, Tom Brady's going to have to hang his cleats up just like everybody else. He said he wants to play till 45, but um, we'll see. Anyway, you know, when Brady retires... When you look at that division, you know, um, it's clear that Buffalo and New York are in the best position as far as quarterbacks go after Brady retires. You know, they also uh, have Tannehill with Miami um, in the AFC East. Uh, But I really believe Sam Darnold with the Jets and Josh Allen with the Bills are... um, the biggest uh, locks as far as quarterbacks goes, uh, the quarterback position goes in this, uh, in the future of this league, you know. So, um, Darnold, the way he plays, you know, he's a winner at USC. I think he won or he defeated like 21 out of like 27 opponents he's faced. Um, uh, He's just a guy that got the job done at USC and not only is he a overachiever, he's also got a prototype frame. You know, he's like a 6'3", 220-pound guy. And, you know, when defenders do actually get to Donald, it's not very easy to take him down. Um, so the other things he does uh, well is he has a great feel for his uh, pocket presence. You know, he can step up and deliver a dime across the middle to uh, somebody or he can uh, evade a rusher and buy a little time and then unleash a strike downfield to a receiver who's coming out of his break. So I, I like uh, the fact that he's he's not necessarily mobile, but uh, he's um, he's better than average at being a mobile quarterback and he kind of does like a a half rollout he knows how to just change the release point on the field he might run three steps over and then unleash his throw then not only that he has a pretty good arm um he can decipher what the the defense is trying to do to him very quickly you know if they're blitzing him he knows he's got to get out of his hands and uh take advantage of the weak point of the defense um coverage wise on that blitz play so he can break all that stuff down very quickly 
And I think it's going to be a good addition for the New York Jets. This guy was one of the most high-profile college quarterbacks in the nation. Um, Seems like a pretty sure pick. And New York, you know, they haven't had a lot of uh, luck um, lately as an organization. So Sam Darnold kind of gives the the supporters of the Jets franchise a lot of hope and um that's hope that they haven't had in you know quite some time so you know they're going from uh journeyman and Josh McCown to having a potential franchise quarterback in the roster who's just waiting to get his shot uh you know you think about Joe Namath in New York with the Jets and you know just how iconic he is I think that fan base has really been waiting for a guy like Sam Donald to come in and have like kind of like a Broadway Joe effect. Uh, you know, Donald doesn't necessarily have to be that outspoken off the field as uh, uh, Broadway Joe was. But I think on the field, if he can play with that same sw- uh, swagger that Joe Namath played with, um, I think in the Big Apple and the you know the one of the biggest stages in the world as far as uh, sports go, I think uh, there's a huge opportunity there for Darnold to put this team on his back and really shape them back into a contender. And you know if he does turn that organization around, he's going to be tapping into just such a powerful. Uh, platform you know uh new york city there's nothing like it you know you can build a brand bigger than anywhere else in the world uh in new york city that that's just how uh strong um that city's uh prestige is and it's a great opportunity for sam Darnold. he has to make the most of it obviously the big concern with him is ball security you know, he started throwing a lot of interceptions in his uh, last year at USC. He also fumbled quite a bit. So if he can't figure out a way to cut down on turnovers and how to avoid fumbling the football, he's going to run into some problems. But uh, we'll see. You know, it's just, we're going to have to take a wait-and-see approach. Maybe that was just a, a bad luck uh, streak he went through in that final year with the Trojans. And maybe uh, it won't even be a big deal in the pros. He'll just get past that one uh, bad season as far as turnovers go and turn a new leaf. You never know. Or maybe uh, it lingers and he's a turnover machine and he ends up being a complete bust. It's just uh, it's just uh, a crapshoot, I guess you can say. The, the next topic we're going to talk about is uh, Josh Allen, um, actually kind of the same topic, but the second part of uh, the arms race topic is the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. Um, Josh Allen is not quite as polished as Sam Darnold, but his arm strength is through the roof. You know, Darnold's going to, or not Darnold, Josh Allen, um, he's going to come into the NFL and he's going to immediately have one of the strongest arms in the entire league. You know, that alone is going to change the outcome of football games, and it's enough to inspire, uh, you know, uh, hope in the Bills' uh, fan base. This team has been waiting for a new era to, you know, come. They just made the playoffs last year. Allen gives them probably the best quarterback they've had since Jim Kelly, and 
like I said, the arm strength is just such a game changer because um, now you're unleashing a vertical attack that you can't do unless you have a guy with superior arm talent. They got that in Josh Allen. He's a big guy, too, even bigger than Darnold. So uh, he's going to sit there in the pocket, and he's going to be like kind of like a young Ben Roethlisberger in his prime, and he's just going to air it out to the best of his abilities. I think they take a huge step with Josh Allen at the helm when he does take over. I think he'll be much better than Tyrod Taylor, much better than Nathan Peterman, or any other quarterbacks they've had uh, um, recently. So uh, I I like the direction that the Bills are headed in. And when you actually take into account that they landed Tremaine Edmonds in this past draft too, so uh, two first-round draft picks, uh, it's pretty clear that the Bills have all their uh, ducks in a row and they kind of strategically place themselves to be the next uh, great powerhouse in the AFC East. I know people are going to think that's absolutely crazy. A lot of that's uh, Sean McDermott. But keep in mind, McDermott got in at the right time. He got in the time that they were uh, selling the farm as far as a lot of their players go. Uh, you know, we've seen them ship out Sammy Watkins. Um Who's uh? They shipped out Darby. You know they were getting rid of people, and they were they shipped out Darius too, Marcel Darius. They're getting rid of all these people and trying to get draft picks to uh, build a better and brighter future. Um, so McDermott came in at the right time when he kind of benefited from all that because now they had all these uh assets to help build a, a better vision. So a lot. But don't discredit McDermott either. He came in and gave them structure and had a um, a solid defense. You know, they took a little step back when Darius got traded, but um, he got them uh, geeked up to play football, you know, to the point where they made the playoffs for the first time in like 17 years. So uh, everything just uh, lined up perfectly for the bills obviously for if they made the playoffs for the first time in like 17 years something special was going on there and it's not going to stop now um because instead instead of squandering um and kind of resting on their laurels uh they actually did the complete opposite they nailed these two early round draft picks and that's going to make them so much stronger and actually prepare them to keep ascending instead of uh being like a one-and-done, um, one-hit wonder type of team. Now they're going to have a chance to continue to solidify themselves. And, you know, when Tom Brady retires, we don't know who's the next guy waiting in the wings for the New England Patriots. Uh, it, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's gone. Kobe, Jacoby Brissett's gone. So Brian Hoyer, he's never going to be that guy, and he's running out of time, too. So they're going to have to eventually draft a quarterback. They don't want to do that now because they'd rather go to some other position who's going to help you know, optimize the last few years that Tom Brady has in this league. But uh, sooner or later, they're going to have to take a draft pick because if they don't, then their future beyond Brady is going to be uh, ter- terrible. Now, maybe Belichick's system, we see Matt Castle come in and Belichick's system bail them out. 
But how long does Belichick plan on being there, too? Eventually, you know, you have to uh, have a guy that's ready to come up and um, take over the reins when Brady does decide to hang it up. Right now, if you looked at the division and just went off quarterbacks alone, um, who's sitting the best? Uh, You know, the Jets with Sam Darnold are sitting pretty well, and the Bills with Josh Allen are sitting really well. the Bills also have Tremaine Edmonds. They made a lot of good football moves. Um, definitely trending in the right direction. Jets actually somewhat overachieved last year, too. Remember, we thought they were going to be the worst team in all football, probably going 0-16. I think they finished like 5-11 and or something like that. So they won five more games than the Cleveland Browns did. So to me, that's obvious that New York, uh, with the talent they had, they should have been god awful. They they uh, overachieved a little bit. You know, no one thought they would get five wins, and so that tells me that Todd Bowles and the system that they have is uh, starting to pan out some favorable results. They could keep ascending this year, but once you know Sam Darnold finally takes over uh, as a starting quarterback, that's when they could really hit that next gear and really become a a true competitor and get back to being a winning football team, you know, which um, they haven't been. So uh, those are the two first topics we have, you know. Um, Other things we wanted to just uh, talk about, you know, Bobby Wagner, very, very outstanding middle linebacker for the Seattle Seahawks. One of the lone bright spots for this team. Remember, they let everybody go this offseason. Richard Sherman, Michael Bennett, Cam Chancellor retired. Um, I think Cliff Averill's out of there now. Just everybody pretty much left. Jimmy Graham left too. Uh, but Bobby Wagner has 778 tackles in six seasons. Give Bobby Wagner some credit because he's trying to be the glue in a situation that just seems to be unraveling all around him. But uh, he's been more than outstanding. He's been on a, a whole level above most other players besides Luke Keekley And uh, he's going to have to usher in a new era of Seahawks football and be the, the guy they can rely on to be the constant um, while everything around him changes because that's what it's... Uh, looking like it's going to happen. Maybe uh, Shaquem Griffin can get plugged in next to him and kind of do what Bruce Irvin used to do when he was with the Seahawks. But uh, regardless, Bobby Wagner's doing a terrific job. Uh, Very, very tough middle linebacker. Can fill both those eight gaps with uh, some authority and also scrape and play on the outside on toss plays or outside runs. So very very good defender can pick some balls off too just a gamer and does his job every Sunday uh the other thing I want to talk about that uh Sean McVay has a near photographic football memory you know Sean McVay the Rams head coach he sees all these x and o's in his head and that's why he's such a great play caller he's always visualizing and trying to um use his mind to kind of observe favorable matchups and uh also um play designs that could put his players in a position to succeed that's what coaching is all about and he's a very cerebral guy you know we've seen that in the past i think he was uh, what the redskins offense coordinator and then became 
um, the Rams head coach, a very young guy, so clearly has some natural talents or maybe um, even beyond natural because he's obviously got a knack for football. But even then, I guess um, he's refined his skills and worked hard too. So he's got it uh, the best of both worlds, really. He he um, has a knack for the game, obviously, that's made him great. And then he's actually put in the work and the cumulative effort to really strive towards greatness, too. That's why we are seeing uh, Sean McVay's uh, greatness uh, unfold right before our eyes every single Sunday um, this past season, and it's going to continue this year too. This guy is only going upwards, and you got uh, a great showdown in the NFC West with two great young coaches. you got Sean McVay, young guy, head coach of the Rams, Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the um, San Francisco 49ers, both offensive play callers who are so good at dialing it up and putting, you know, uh, points on the board. And, uh, the, the, we're going to get to watch those two go at each other for years to come. That's got to be something that's exciting for football fans. And, uh, it's going to be awesome to watch that. That's just the bottom line of it, you know, but that's all I got for tonight. I appreciate you guys for listening. I'm John Kuzma. Check out endzoneblog.com. Also check out our Twitter at NFL. I appreciate it. Have a great day.